earn things from God. We can only take what he has given us. Salvation, sanctification, eternal life are all gifts wrought out in us through the atonement. Wow, that's pretty heavy. We cannot earn or win anything from God. We must receive it as a gift, as a pauper, or do without it. If you want anything with God, gifts, sanctification, salvation, it must be received. It can't be earned. And everybody said, <laughs> let's look at 1 Corinthians 4, 7. I'm going to look at a number of scriptures that, uh, that will help us this morning. Paul uh, asked a question, a rhetorical question, for who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that what? You did not receive. And if, you, and, and if you received it, why do you boast as though you didn't? In other words, what Paul's saying here is, what do you have that you haven't received? You know, any, anything? We're breathing air today because we've received oxygen from, from the Lord. The Lord says we can breathe today. Amen. But all the ministry and the gifts and all sanctification, the atonement, everything's a gift. Everything is given to us. So does that mean we don't have to do anything, right? We just kick back on the couch. We don't have to come to church. We just God's just going to give it to us, right? Well, not necessarily. First Corinthians 2.12, it says... What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We've received the Holy Ghost so that we may understand. In, in other words, we're not going to understand unless we have the Holy Spirit. All right? Because he, he lives in a, God lives in a different realm. He lives in eternity. We live in time. Everything contradicts his character. He's love. He's forgiveness. And we see all this evil out there. But if we receive the Spirit so that we may understand, we, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us understanding what God has what? That you earn, man. You really worked hard. No. It says what God has what? Freely given us. Freely. It's a gift. Isn't that something? Wonderful, actually. We don't have to earn it. Romans 6.23. I use this with a number of people. I preach it in a sermon. The wages of sin is death. This is what you don't want to do with God. I'm going to tell you what you don't want to do with God. Don't ask him for your wages. I, I, when I approach God, I go, you know, if, if I've done something, you know, went to Africa and I prophesied over other people, I don't want my wages, Lord. I don't want my wages. Why? Because the wages of what? Sin is death. I, I leave the wages. Keep them away. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? In Christ Jesus our Lord. It's free. It's a gift. All we have to do is receive it. Wow, what a deal, huh? When the prodigal came back, you know... Uh, you know, he didn't. He had no money. He had nothing. He was, you know, he spent everything, right? He didn't. He, he had nothing to give to his father. Father, hey, put a, put some clothes on. Let's have a party. You know, it's give, giving. That's our God, and we understand that by the Holy Spirit. 
not by circumstances that are around us because I, I just had a, a guy in our church, a young man, and he, uh, he was a pioneer and he, and he started a new church and stuff and he just died yesterday. Died in the hospital. I don't understand. But he was in his 40s. Pioneer. We need the Holy Spirit to understand the eternal things. Because many, many times our eyes are on focused on time and what's happening with us. And God likes us me now because he's treated me good. You know, Job said, shall we not receive good and adversity from the Lord? You know, Job's eyes were the man of God. You know, Job's friend says, hey, you know, apparently God doesn't like you. you well, you got boils all over your body. You lost your family. God doesn't like, God doesn't like you. But Job rose up above and said, Shall I not thank the Lord for the good and the adversity? He had an understanding of the purposes of God. That just because there are circumstances that aren't going my way right now, doesn't mean He doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. He, he, he stopped salvation somehow, which he, will never happen. He stopped loving me. What, what can separate you from the love of God? Nothing, nothing. Principalities, powers, things present, things to come. Nothing. And the Holy Spirit wants to give to you that understanding. And it only comes from above. It doesn't come from circumstances. It doesn't come from what, what you're going through right now. You know, my boyfriend broke up with me. God doesn't love me. Maybe he really loves you. And to me, it was the wrong guy, you know. That might have been prophetic for someone Sometimes it comes out, you know. <laughs> Romans 4, verse 4. says it real precise. Now, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but what? You owe me, God. You know, I mean, I've been working hard. I've been fast. I've been praying. I've been doing everything right. You owe me. Thank you for the gift of grace, the gift of mercy. You know, uh, we're the church, right? We're the bride of Christ, the Bible says. Revelation 21, we're the wife of the Lamb. You know? And so, so we belong to Him in relationship. So God compares our relationship to marriage. <clears throat> so let's say you get married. And um, Mark is married to Shelley, and they just got married. And, and back in the 50s, when we were raised, uh, the, the wife usually stayed home, cooked the meals, cleaned the house, did everything, and the man went to work. Amen. It's a little bit different now. <laughs> Somebody said amen. It was Gary, who's older. <laughs> I didn't hear any amens from the younger people. <laughs> just the old guys but anyway so 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 here here's mark he comes home walks in the house you know and shelly cooked him a beautiful meal so they sit down and have this beautiful meal and shelly hands him a bill it says this will be 50 dollars <laughs> and you know what mark i clean your clothes 25 dollars here's another bill i want my wages that's not a wife that's not a bride that's not the church. That's right. It's not the church. Do I say that loud enough? 
It's not the church. We're in relationship with him. Right. We don't give him a bill. Say, hey, wages, I want my wages. We're, God's into re love relationship as a bride. So when Mark comes home, Shelly doesn't say to Mark, here's the bill, I made you dinner, here I, you know, clean your clothes. No, it's relationship. What was that last scripture? Could you put it back up there again? Now to the one who works, see that, see that, that would be a servant or a maid. You know, you hire a maid to do your laundry and, you know, cook your dinners. That's a maid. But God's not into making you a maid. He's married to you. You're his bride. You're his wife. Amen. And the two shall become one. Acts 1.14. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Wait for what? The gift. The gift. My Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift. Here's a key in learning how to receive. It's right up here. It's a word we hate. It's called wait. <laughs> My wife and I went to medical center the other day. She had an appointment at 1130. We walk up to the window and they said, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to be an hour and a half late. And so I tried to manipulate, you know, a little bit, but it didn't work. We had to wait an hour and a half. But we waited. You know, the procedure needed to happen, so we waited. You know, and I remember uh, when, when my, my oldest son, who's in his 50s, first was born, they didn't let, allow the man to go in there. There, they, there was a waiting room. So you waited by a phone, you answered, oh, it's a boy, it's a girl. You know, we didn't know back then. But there was a waiting room. And, and our, you know, I, I think... Today, you know, our, you know, our computers are so fast. We get so much information. We, everything's moving, moving, moving. We have lost the art of waiting. Those that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll wait, you know, walk and not faint. By waiting. So one of the keys to receiving is to learn how to wait on the Lord. You know, God is spontaneous. He's, he's spontaneous with his love. So when we come together in prayer, we come, we wait on him. You know, we'll, we'll wait in the doctor's office. What about waiting on God? It's one of the keys to receiving. Right up there. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that the Father's promised. There's a positioning that you have to have in order to receive the gift. Here they said, wait, do not leave Jerusalem. Next verse, Acts 1.8. But you shall earn power. Is that what it says? Oh, I read it wrong. You shall what? Receive. Receive power when what? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the other most parts of the earth. Now, 
what if, you know, the, the 120 upper room, you know, we know about it. The Holy Spirit was poured out. They waited, what, for the promise of the gift of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. Did they wait? Or did they go home and say, ah, you know, I live in Galilee. You know, God knows where I'm at. I'll, I'll just go to Galilee. He'll fall on me there, and I'll have tongues of fire upon my head. No. That's not true. No, they waited. They positioned themselves. Listen to me now. They positioned themselves to receive. God wants us to position ourselves to receive. They positioned themselves in the upper room in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And they also waited. Two key things, waiting, positioning. You know, um, since I'm picking on Mark, uh, you know, Shelly's going to have a birthday party for you, Mark. And uh, you're turning, you're over 70 now. And uh, when you turn 70, she, she's having this big dinner at this restaurant. And all your friends are coming, they're bringing presents. But Mark decides, I don't want to go to my birthday party. He says, I don't want to, I, I, I want them to come to my house. But, 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 Mark, you don't understand. Everybody's going to the restaurant for your birthday. You have to go. Well, I'm not going. Well, if you don't go, you don't get the presents. Then Mark changes his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What kind of presents? Yeah. How about money? Is there any money involved? No. <laughs> so he, had, he has to position himself to go to the birthday party to what? Receive the presents. He gets the presents. He opens them up. And I get him this beautiful watch. Cost me $500. Is that what it cost? Did I give you that watch? $500. And so Mark pulls out his wallet after he opens his present and pays me five. Give me 500 bucks. No. That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> no, it's a present. He doesn't have to pay me. Can you imagine going to your birthday, opening it up, and says, how much was this? That's how God is. God is, gives us gifts. He wants us to open them. He wants us to position ourselves so we can open the gifts and enjoy his presence and be humble. There's no boasting if it's a gift. He can't boast when I gave him that $500 watch as if he earned it. It was a gift from me because I'm such a generous man. I gave him that $500 watch. Hebrews 4.16. Let us approach God's throne of what? Grace. Grace, unmerited favor. What What throne do we approach? The unmerited favor throne. <laughs> it says, hey, Lord, here I come. <laughs> I know I can't merit anything to you, but I come with confidence. Confidence in the atonement. Confidence in what you've done. Confidence in every, uh, the cross so that we may... There's that word again. It's all through the Bible. That we may receive 
mercy and grace to help us in time of need. That word approach, it means boldly in the King James. It means freedom of speech. We can come in with God and just tell him what we think or what we want or whatever, and we come in boldly. But we don't come into, because he owes us something. <laughs> we come into the throne of grace. It's, it's grace. We're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. At least any man, what? Boast. There's no boasting. When, when we receive things from the Lord and they're not wages, there's no boasting. It's not like, boy, I'm a great man of God. I did this and I did that. And, no, it's receiving. The art of receiving God wants us to know it and, and to know how kind he is. The most giving person there is is God. God so loved what? The world that he what? He gave. He gave the best. That's his son to us so we could be one with God. look at Luke 19. Many of us know the story of Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? Anybody remember that story? It's in 19. I'll read it through. Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through, and a man there was named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming his way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and there, said, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and he said, He's going in to be a guest with a sinner. <laughs> Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Lord. Look, Lord, here, now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Jesus didn't even say anything to him. He's just walking with him. He says, hey, I'm going to your house. <laughs> just being with Jesus changes us, doesn't it? Yeah. Just being with his, in his presence just does something inside of us that we, we want to give. Because he's a giver. Freely we receive, freely we give. I give half my possessions, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. A wonderful story. Wonderful story. Now, you know, the scripture says, Go and make disciples of all nations. Um, climbing the sycamore tree is like discipleship. A lot of times we want to see Jesus, we can't see him. You know, he lives in the, the spirit realm and all these things are happening to me. So I climb the sycamore tree. What does that mean? To me, it means prayer. No? It means prayer. Yeah, spend time waiting on the Lord. Prayer. Climb the sycamore Why? What, what do you spend time in prayer for? I want to see Jesus. And I want Jesus to see me. Of course he knows where you are, but... When you climb the sycamore tree, he sees you, and you see him. And that's the purpose of prayer, so I can see him, so he can see me, so I can walk with him. Same with reading the Bible. Well, yeah, you don't have to read the Bible. Why read the Bible? 
you know, he's trying to earn something from God. No, I'm trying to position myself on the sycamore tree. Huh? I'm trying to I'm trying to position myself. That's all. I'm 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 reading the word and 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 you know I'm not showing off the people how much I know of the word. I'm just I, I'm I'm just climbing the tree here, reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible. You know I want to be prepared. Why gather as a church? Same thing. The early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the Bible. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to breaking of bread and the fellowship, the Bible says. Why did they do those things? To try to earn something from God? No, to position themselves so they can commune with God. It's climbing the tree. When, after Zacchaeus climbed the tree, he didn't go back and go, man, look at that tree. Boy, that's a big tree. Look what I did. I climbed that tree. No, no, he, he forgot about the tree. Because he was with Jesus. Jesus saw him. And he walked with him. We have to position ourselves in order to receive. We have to position ourselves for grace. If God says to wait in the upper room, we need to wait. God says you need to get your rear in church. You need to get your rear in church. Well, I don't like those people. Well, damn. What did, what did she say? I don't like you. <laughs> that isn't the point. <laughs> Look at all the people that hated Zacchaeus. It didn't bother him. He climbed the tree anyway. <laughs> Says, oh, that dirty sinner. What's he hanging out with him for? So, so the disciplines and... Um, I was praying about some testimonies that I might have, uh, you know, when, you know, to, that I positioned myself and I received from the Lord. And, um, and so I, I was thinking of one, I don't think Mark's even heard this one before. When I was first saved, I got gloriously saved. I was on fire for the Lord. It was a Jesus movement. It was 1971, over 50 years ago. And, um, uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. And, uh, and, and I, I received this letter in the mail. My mom actually received this letter in, a letter in the mail. I wasn't living with her at the time. She says, oh, here's some mail for you. And it was from St. John's Catholic Church. I said, St. John's? Why'd they write me a, a letter? You know, I made my Holy Communion. How many are Catholic, were raised Catholic? You know what Holy Communion is? You went into the priest and it was dark and they opened the window. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, you know. And, and so, so anyway, so somehow I got, you know, mail from them. And right away, the Lord spoke to me. You know, I was about three months old in the Lord. Go, th- go there and ask them about a Bible study. And I go, that can't be God. You know, I, I, chick tracks were out then. You know, all the Catholics were evil and the Pope was the Antichrist. <laughs> and, uh, and so I go, I can't go to the Catholic Church. They pray to Mary. They burn candles. They praise the saints and you know i'm making all these excuses so finally i went to the guy that was discipling me and i says i feel like the lord wants me to go ask him about a bible study but they don't study the bible i went to catechism they never study the bible and he says i don't know just go there and knock on the door so i go well i'll knock on the door a priest answer i says do you have a bible study he says yeah we just started one today 
Wow. Wow, I'm hearing from God. So, so I, I go to this Bible study, and they're all young people. I'm the oldest. I think I was 22, and they were, you know, 18, 17. So we're having this Bible study. Well, I'm witnessing to everybody. You know, I mean, you know, none of them know the Lord that I know of, you know. And so, so finally the, the priest says, hey, we're going to go away to uh, Lake Tahoe for a little retreat, all of us, you know. So we all got in our cars, and we went to this retreat. And this guy named Dan Young, he, he roomed with me. And I go, oh, <laughs> good, I'm going to get this guy saved, you know. He's rooming with me, so... So, he, so he, you know, we unpacked our bags, and I started telling them the gospel about receiving Christ in your heart, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believing in your heart that you're saved. And he says, I, th- I think I did that. And I go, no, no, you don't understand. You, you, you've got, you know, the four spiritual laws. You've got to do this right and that right. And, you know, you've you got to confess and, and believe in your heart. And he says, well, I, I think I did that. I go, oh, you didn't, you're a, you're a Catholic, you didn't do that, you know, and, and so, so finally I said, okay, what happened to you? And he says, well, I, my girlfriend broke up with me, and I was on drugs, and, and I wasn't doing good, so I went into my room, and I started praying, and, and I said, Jesus, come into my body, Jesus, come into my body, and he did, and I jumped up and down for joy, Jesus came into my body, and I go, what a prayer, <laughs> that's, not in, that's not in my book. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, uh, I, so I said, well, now you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So he, I, so he says, what's that? And I said, you got to ask the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus, fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to speak in tongues. And, you know, and, you know, he knew nothing about this. So I went over the scriptures, and I, and I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. And I, I laid hands on him, and the power of God knocked him over. I was only three months old in the Lord, and I looked at my hands, and I went, Wow. I got it. <laughs> power, power. <laughs> Didn't happen much after that. But <laughs> anyway, he got he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Then there was a couple older women in the church that were believing God for a move of God. They were spirit filled. And then there was a, a guy doing the uh, readings at the mass. And then we so we started a whole St. John's catholic charismatic group and i was the leader they they said you you need to be the leader because you're the man well i said yeah absolutely i'm six months old in the lord i should be the leader <laughs> i i need a little bit of humbling yeah to say the least but but anyway cause god began to move hundreds of catholics got saved it was just what did i do i positioned myself at the priest knocked on the door and boom things happened when, when, when God asks you to do something, take a risk. Just do it. I, I, you could be totally off the wall. So what? Who cares? At least you said, to the Lord, I think this might be you. I, I'm not sure. But I, what I did is I positioned myself, and all this began to happen. We received, watched people, we had a, a folk mass, and, and all our young people that played guitar and stuff in our charismatic group played at the folk mass, and half of them weren't even Catholics. It didn't matter. They'd share about being born again. The place would be packed. The priests loved it because they packed the house, you know? And uh, so we, we just watched, watched the Lord do things. And, and it was just position. I got a little thing in the mail. Position. Position yourself. It's the same with salvation when I was saved. I was on my way to commit suicide. 
and on my way to get saved, and, and all of a sudden I hadn't cried out to the Lord, never thought about it, you know. One guy witnessed to me years before, his name was Greg, he used LSD so much his mind was gone, but then he got saved and God healed his mind by reading the word for about a year, memorizing it, God totally healed him. He was the only guy that witnessed to me. And so I remembered him, and when I, when I was going to commit suicide, I cried out to the Lord. I said, Jesus, show me a cross, show me something. I was raised Catholic, so I, I knew at least to say Jesus, a cross. And I said, show me where Greg is. Where's Greg? So I went in this biker bar that I'd been in hundreds of times. I didn't know what to do, you know, except for go to a biker bar where I was headed. And when I walked in, there was Greg's brother who had never been in that bar before. And the, the fear of God hit me. The fear of God hit me. And, and I went up to him, and I says, what's Greg doing? He says, he's back home with his dad, and he's into Jesus Christ. I said, could you call him? It was 2 in the morning. Called him up. I went over there. I positioned myself for salvation. I, I, I didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, didn't do anything. He says, hey, you want to pray? I go, I don't know how to pray. Hail Marys or something? I, I, you know, and that's been many years. He says, no, no, just say this simple prayer. I positioned myself in the back of his house at 3 in the morning, and I got gloriously saved. Everything left instantly. Drugs, everything left. I witnessed to people at 3 and 4 in the morning. I I woke them up, rang their doorbell. I got, you know, I got saved. What happened? I positioned myself for salvation to receive grace. To receive mercy. Um, thank you, Lord. It was a it was a Christ for the nations. Anybody heard of Christ for the nations? It was a Lauren Cunning. Was it Lauren Cunning? No, that was. Uh, I forgot who started. Yeah, YWAM's Lauren Cunningham. What's the? No. Anyway, um, w- w- there was a big meeting, and we, so we all went to it. And, and in, in the meeting, there was about a thousand people, and this prophet was there, and he pointed me out, stood me up, and began to prophesy. He prophesied things over me that I wouldn't do for twenty years. And 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 but I was there. I positioned myself for that. So. I, it was on the shelf, and it had to do with traveling to nations, more apostolic type of ministry. And, um, but I remembered the word, but I just left it on the shelf. I, you know, I knew I wasn't mature enough to do any of what he said. You know, so I just left it on the, left it on the shelf. And I remember we, uh, our church was growing, and things were happening in the church. Things were moving. And, and, and so I was busy, and we had a, we had a full-time a missions pastor. He'd go into Mexico. We were building things in Mexico in the Baja. We were also going to the Philippines, but I, I wasn't going anywhere because I was pastor of the local church. I had enough. So the pastor kept pushing me. I mean, the, the missions pastor kept pushing me, pushing me. Go into Mexico. I go, I don't want to go into Mexico. I, I got enough problems here in the Bay Area. What do, you, what do I want to go into Mexico for? He says, no, you need to go. You need to go. And I, I didn't want to go. Finally, I got tired of him bugging me. I said, I'll take one trip. So I go into Mexico, and, and I, of course, I got to preach at this uh, church, and it had a dirt floor, and, 
It was pretty dirty in the Baja, a place called San Telmo. And so I'm praying. I'm going back and forth praying. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to me, Matthew 28, 19, go to all nations and preach, make disciples. And I said, boy, that's a good scripture, Lord. I'll give that to the missions pastor. <laughs> it's for him and not for me. I pastor a local church. You know, so, I, so the Lord says, well, if that one isn't for you, just rip it out of your Bible. <laughs> and I said, well, I can't do that, Lord. You know what happens when you remove things from the Bible. And not, you know, I can't be doing that. And he says, this is for you. And then 20 years before, at Christ for the Nations, that prophet prophesied to me. And all of a sudden, from that day forward, I said, okay, Lord, I'll obey you. And then the nations began to open up. We had 58 flags in our church of different nations. I positioned myself, and I didn't even want to position myself. I did not want to go to Mexico. I had enough problems in the Bay Area. If anybody knows the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, there's some problems there, some evil. I didn't want to go. And yet finally, I, the, the missions pastor dragged me because he had the word of the Lord. And I positioned myself for what? To hear from God for the call of God in my life that, that paved the way for the rest of my life until this day. Well, I, we, we, have, we have flights to go into Africa. We just can't go right at this particular time. But we have flights to go. Therefore, Go and make disciples. Wait on the Lord. Amen. Don't think discipleship doesn't matter. I don't know. I haven't met a man of God that wasn't, didn't disciple, you know, wasn't a disciplined person, you know. You want ministry? Hang out with people. If you have a call to be a pastor, best thing you can do, hang out with John. You ever watch your pastor? I watch him. I watch people. He goes up to everybody. Hey, somebody new. Somebody, kids. I mean, he's, he, he's got a father, pastor's heart. You, God's called you to be a pastor. Hang out with John. Bug him. Do, you know, you know whatever. You, you got a prophetic ministry, a teaching ministry. Here's the guy right here. He's right in your congregation right here. His name's Mark. You got a prophetic ministry? Hang out with him. Go to his prayer um, uh, Bible study. You know, says, well, I want to learn how to prophesy. Well, it's show and tell is what it is. It's, Jesus didn't say, hey, go to school, come back, disciples. No, he, he was a show and tell guy. He just come along with me. I had young guys that said, they used to get mad at me when I would go somewhere to preach. I didn't take them with me. Yeah, a guy named Dean, he, I mean, he went to Africa with me. He says, wherever you go, I'm going. And I, you know, I forget about telling him, and many, he'd get mad afterwards. He became a good preacher, real good, better than me. Position yourself next to people. You want to become a worship leader? You got a great one right here. I mean, you got a little church here, and you got some great people here. You can come alongside Josh and learn how to worship. Position yourself. Get some of his grace. I positioned myself next to the best prophet I've ever met. And I believe me, it helped me. 
just by being alongside him. Keith Hazel, he's gone with the Lord now, but I walked alongside him and learned some things about the prophetic ministry and also, you know, the anointing would fall on me. And he was very accurate, very good. Mark knows him. You know? So it's time to position ourselves to receive. Let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. Lord, for those that don't know you this morning, that are on the TV or on the here, Lord, I pray for their salvation, that they would receive you into their lives. If you're in a place where you never received the Lord or uh, maybe you've been backsliding, could you raise your hand? Anybody here? You'd like to receive the Lord? This is the time to do it. Don't wait. You don't know the Lord. If you've never encountered the Lord's presence, this is the time. For those that are watching, let's say this prayer. Lord Jesus, Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Why don't we position ourselves like, thank you, Dennis. Can we give a hand for the word of the Lord today? Amazing. Well, why don't we do that in the next uh, several minutes that we have together? We're going to continue to worship, but I want to invite the prayer teams up front here so that we can receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we just talked about it today. Just waiting upon the Lord that you may receive power from on high so that you can go into the world disciples of all nations but some of you you can't do that without without the holy spirit it's just words at that point and scripture even says that the the kingdom of god is not a matter of talk but of a demonstration of the spirit's power amen so i i just welcome you to come up front you can worship up front if you want to or receive the baptism of the holy spirit because god wants to pour it out on you stand with me and if, if you're one of those that wants to come down to the front you're invited come on down we want to pray with you if you have need for for a healing in your body we want to pray with you so be bold come boldly to the throne of grace amen there's nothing worth and seen I tasted and seen the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free the shame is undone oh your prayer 
of you worshiping, let's sing this out. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come from this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord.
and continue to worship, you can. I invite you to do so. We'd love to continue to pray for you. Um, the center has asked us to leave the chairs set up so you don't have to pack those up. 